2: We are live. It's on Facebook here, so we'll see. We're, we're going to let it rip, man. We have no idea. Uh, it was supposed to be on YouTube, but we we had to adapt, and we don't understand it between the three of us, and so we're here on Facebook. Tom and Jen
1: Satterley, how we doing? <laughs> Pretty good, other than technologically uh, challenged.
0: We are, yes. It's, hey, the stock that market's fun. That's always good.
2: All right, so we are live here at Tom and Jen Satterley. Uh, last time we connected, you guys were not authors. Now no. you're big time authors.
0: In fact, you know what? It came up as a memory about the podcast that you guys did together. Oh, yeah. And I think it was your first one. One of your very first ones you've ever, if not the first yeah, one. Yeah,
2: right there where you're at. Yeah. Yep. Right here. You sat right yeah. in this chair. Yep. Yeah, that was, guys, probably four, three, four years ago.
0: Yep.
1: Wow. Exactly.
2: Man. Time flies, and now you both are uh, got awesome books.
1: Now uh, we're rich.
2: Now you're rich, you're <laughs> author rich, right? As they say, you're author rich. Well, we Tom and Jim really? Satley uh, are here. Uh, they are the authors uh, of uh, Arsenal of Hope and All Secure. Uh, you've got an amazing foundation called uh, All Secure Foundation. You guys are doing incredible work all over the country, and it's just been fun watching you over these last three or four years and what you're doing. So maybe for the people that are tuning in here, and uh, why don't you give us a little lay of the land, a little backstory behind your guys' lives, and and uh, what's kind of brought you together, but also what you're doing and impacting so many people.
1: Yeah, you want to go, me go?
0: I'll go, all sure, because right, then I'll brag on you If first. I stall
1: long enough, she goes first. That's right. Now <laughs> how this works.
0: So Tom served, um, and you could go back to Brett's podcast and listen to the full story and more of where he was, his career, that kind of awesome guy, cool guy stuff. But he he was in Delta Force for 20 years, very long time. His first combat mission was portrayed in Black Hawk Down, so the Battle of Mogadishu. Then he went on to do other things like Capture world leaders and you know hostage rescues, like average stuff. You know Saddam Hussein, people like that. So very big military career, and then really tough time in transition in life after, which is where I came in.
1: Yeah. At least after yeah. service. So yeah, Jen. I mean, when I met Jen, I was probably the worst guy on the planet. <laughs> I mean, I, I was. I was probably the meanest, angriest, self-loathing, I felt sorry for myself kind of guy. And um, we met at the worst possible time. So we probably had the worst yeah. part of our relationship <laughs> and got it out of the way up front. You know, some relationships kind of, hey, it's great. And then, you know, we started off at. Clipped it. Yeah. I mean, bedrock level and deeper because that's where I was. And she had to pull me out of that hole. And she came from a world right here in St. Louis. Um you know, the art world, right? That's right. I, I used to joke about crap like that, making macaroni art and make fun of people in the art world. And because, because one, we don't understand it, and two, we don't know anything about it and it scares us. So when I met her, it was one of those, um, yeah, whatever. And, you know, she didn't know anything about me either. And we quickly found out that those stereotypes that we've been told about over and over and over and over on this planet that really shouldn't exist, were fake, right? That she what she thought about me and what I thought about her and people like her and you know what she thought about people like me was completely false and um and man, what what a hurricane that was formed when we met. And it was uh it was a good time, but it was it was a horrible place in my life and I I probably nearly drug her in with me. I mean, she had her own stuff to deal with, but man, she pulled me out of that hole uh like the strongest person on this planet and uh
2: and we're talking a whole like just so to paint a picture here i know you're a pretty transparent person so but we're talking a whole like as in like close to suicide
1: yeah like, like going on your lap type stuff i was gonna suck start my pistol in my car and i i mean i had it out and loaded and ready to go and uh she noticed like she noticed i was off on that day what seven years ago maybe yeah. six seven years ago I, I knew it. I knew it. I'm going to kill myself. I mean, I knew it. It was a two-minute drive, a two-minute decision. I was saddened. I was shamed and depressed and tired of making excuses, and I was tired of trying, I guess. You know, if I look back now, I was tired of trying.
2: No, just now, out.
1: No, I don't, I don't think I even tried back then. I was tired of screwing up. I was tired of being embarrassed of myself, and so the easiest way was to not be around. And in that two-minute drive of that day, of what am I doing? This is a crappy job. This is ridiculous. And she noticed, and my two friends got out to go drink again. Normally, I would have, you know, filed on with them. And uh, she noticed, and she stopped it. And that's that's kind of what turned my life around. I realized how easy it was to help people. Right, M- my lack of empathy and compassion for for mankind was immense at that time. I didn't care about anybody, and it wasn't that I thought I was better. I just, I didn't care about myself either. No,
0: you thought you were worse. I was worse than everybody and I didn't
1: care about anybody. So I didn't care about myself for sure. And since that day, she's taught me every day, including today, where I I have lessons every day (laughs) of how to love myself, how to forgive myself and how to better myself. And so that's what we've come together to do, I think, is to help people learn that lesson and not repeat it or get out of it quicker.
0: Yeah, quicker. You know, sometimes you
1: can't you can't stop people, but you can pull them out quick. You know. Yeah, no, you're right. And but you got
2: to be aware of it, right? You got to know what's going on. But sometimes you don't even see it. I mean, I know it it happens unfortunately more than we wish it would, right? But you you always hear from people like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't even see it. I I never thought they would do that," right? Um, But do you think, Tom, for you that it was? the military kind of that life was over and you live this life of on these big missions and these big jobs and these big responsibilities. And then that just got eliminated. And now here I am like, now what the hell am I going to do?
1: Yeah. You know what? And we tell people now, you'll never have that job again. Right. I mean, when you're at the top of your career and not not just military, not Delta, not anybody. Right. Anybody at the top of their career, athletes, I mean, oh,
0: the, We've com- to the competition
1: yeah. is immense. And so, you know, CEOs, PTSD yeah. might be just competition struggle. It's, it might be the fact that you're so worried about how well you do in life compared to others that you're always struggling. And that was my, my thing. I was always uh, not good enough in my mind, so I always tried harder. And and that gets you where you're at. And I worked out longer. You know, if I saw if I saw a guy dragging a carb with a chain, I'd drag two cars with a chain, man. You know, yeah. that's what I'm gonna do. And it was one of those things that what I thought bettered me crushed me, because when you focus over here, you can't focus over here, you know? Yep. Yeah. And, and so like athletes and, and CEOs and anybody in their business and they're at the top of their game has to focus to be good at it. This over here gets left behind and this over here is your family, your children, your friends, your life, um, who you were. And this is who you become. And then when I come out of that and it was like, I'll never have that again. Right. Yeah. So what will I do? Will it ever be as good? And that depressive feeling and that shame of, you know, I have no other skills, right? I have zero other skills other than to kill people. You know, that's all I can do and that's not a lot of need for that at a for a fifty three year old guy. So <laughs> you know, it's right. it's like we don't need old cops, you know. So it was it was one of those things like, Well, I guess I, I'm done. My job's my job here has been completed. My mission's over. And then I realized that missions well, like real life missions always change and, and you know, and better and you get different missions and went on with life and Jen showed me that you don't have to live in the rear view mirror, right? Yeah. Living that high school touchdown pass that, that, you know, was my heyday, right? You can't live your heyday, whatever it was. You can't live it. You got to go on and make another one.
2: True. So Jim, what was, did you already, did you already have a crush on this guy? I guess he'd be to your what? You're right. Did you already have a crush on him when this was going down? Or was it like you started to help him know. and then you fell in love with him? <laughs> I'm so he smooth. On. And I'm making sure I got the live thing up here. If you look at, if I'm looking at my phone, that's what I'm trying to make sure we, uh,
0: We've There's got any, all that. So, anybody there?
2: <laughs> right. I don't even know how to pull it up. That's how good I am on uh, social media stuff.
0: Oh, um, God. I'm an F. I'm
2: so, so- we're, but were you falling in love with him already? Or how did that happen? No. What, what made you take that project on right there?
0: You know what? It's funny. <laughs> Must
1: have I uh, said nothing to do.
0: was bored.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Just add it to the list of things to do today. I'll take on uh, a combat warrior, but really. No, I think we started as friends and we we like Tom said like we came from these very 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 different worlds, different perspectives. And so I I was an anthropology nerd, I still am. I love history channels. I study it still. I studied it then. And so for me when I met him, it was another opportunity to learn like a different culture cuz truly mm. Military culture, special operations culture is different. And so, I mean, I probably annoyed them to death when I met them because I was constantly asking questions. And one time he was like, what? Why are you always (laughs) like, what? What is this? And I'm like, it's fascinating. It's a different world. It's a different culture. So she's like,
1: what's that acronym mean? I go, nobody knows. This (laughs) entire room of generals don't know what that means. Don't worry about it. She'd go look it up. She'd be the only one in the room that knew what these military acronyms were. (laughs) And she's like, oh, I know what that means. And people would ask. And and I said, listen, nobody knows. Nobody in this room knows. They all act like they know. But she actually knew because she'd go study and research them.
0: I don't want to be, you know, I mean, they had like 25 years ahead of me. So I'm sitting in a room and it's like. I feel everyone has a responsibility to know their audience. And I think um, my advertising background, you know, like getting to know different clients constantly, studying them, um, what makes them tick, what makes their business tick, how to communicate with. Because really, advertising re- and marketing is relationships. It's really how do you build a relationship yeah. with someone? And so when I met Tom and started working in special operations, it was that same kind of puzzle piece for me. Like, Oh, what do you do? And how do you do it? And, you know, I started watching movies, which I stopped watching. People always ask like, have you seen that military? I'm like, I don't watch military movies. I can't, um, too emotional. I, I, I know too many of Tom plus his friends to insert them into right. the storylines now. So they're,
1: those movies are fun till they're real.
0: Right.
2: Yeah.
1: Until you lived it. Right. right? Until yeah. you're part of the movie.
0: Yeah, we don't watch Black Hawk Down. I watched it before I knew him. Um, can't watch it now, so that's for sure. And um, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with this, so I'll just turn Well, that's the- all
2: right. So so you wrote a book, Jen, Arsenal of Hope, and, yes. and I know the subtitle, I wrote this down, says, uh, uh, what's us say here? It, it, tactics for Taking on PTSD Together. Yes. So I think that's... I think that's so important. I mean, there's so much to that title, right? Is together. And here you are. There He's it is fired. right there. You can Late get it upside anywhere down. you can get books. <laughs> upside fired. down book. I'm fired. Uh, but but what, what made you write? And I know that, you know, with my cardinal hat back here, Tony La Russa, he was kind of the one that motivated you maybe to write the book. Is that not true? He
0: did. He did. We, um, September 19, we were introduced and had breakfast. And I was so nervous because... Like I'm a St. Louis girl. I grew up right. with Tony Larusa, and so um, I'm like,
1: I'm, who, "Who's this guy?" You know, <laughs> Tony let's who? Have, and we're I'm gonna like, have "Breakfast really, with who?" I'm who? like, "He's really
0: scary, too." <laughs> right? Because yeah. like the idea I had of him was always that like super serious face in the dugout, and then the emotion you would see from Tony was when he would burst out of it
1: yep.
0: and chew somebody out. So I'm like, "Don't mess with Tony Larusa. Just be nice." Like it's a nervous hey. breakfast. Hey, Tony. It's
1: like, I don't want anything to eat today. I'll just have a bagel. Thank you. I was like (laughs) sitting there like,
0: don't. But he he was awesome because he, you know, really dove into his story and was talking a lot about what we do, what our foundation does, our background, um, how I worked in special operations for a few years. And he was like, where's your book? Me? What? No, I don't. I don't have a book. He's like, you need to have a book. Write a book. And I was playing the, like, coy, like, I don't know. And I and literally, he's like, hey, like, stop it, do it, get it done. <laughs> yes. Okay.
2: And so did you just leave, literally leave from there and go do that?
0: I was like, Tony La Russa said I write a book. <laughs> She had
1: to. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I, you know, and, and it was funny because then we saw him a couple months. Well, we saw him in November. He had invited Tom and I out to his um, conference, Legends for Leaders in Vegas. Oh, yeah, in Vegas.
1: Vegas. Yeah.
0: And so he said it was Yeah, there hilarious. we are sitting
1: in Vegas with with these people. <laughs> Bob, right? Costas, Bob Costas and these yeah. people. We ended up screwing with Bob Costas, you know. <laughs> I didn't. Out. Were you guys leaving without saying goodbye? And, and I was like, uh, I'm just I'm going with these guys. We're going to meet Tony for dinner. Yeah. He's like, let's go have a private dinner. And he's like, Are you leaving without saying goodbye, Tony? He's like, Yeah, of course I'm sneaking out. <laughs> I didn't want to talk to you. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh. They he's were like, great. It was, it was fun.
0: Um, we sat there and he's like, Where are you at on your book? I'm like, oh, my God, he's totally calling me on it again. So I'm like, I I should really think about doing this. I guess in the first book, when these came in last week, was signed to Tony. And I said, it's all your fault. That's
2: awesome. Well, he's a hell of a man. We miss him now in St. Louis up in Chicago, I believe, right? Um, So... So what happens? I know I, I was obviously looking through the book and all that kind of stuff as well. And so w- when we don't treat it, like, so if Tom doesn't treat it, but then also you as a spouse, so the, per- the person that's listening to this or watching this and they're, they're dealing with somebody that's dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder or, or maybe just really bad luck with COVID or you know, whatever it may be, right? It's, it's, in my opinion, maybe not equally, but I think it's pretty close to equally as important for both of you to take care of it. Was that a fair statement?
0: Yep. Oh
1: no, yes. So yeah. talk about that.
0: <laughs> Agreed. There's you know, I was shocked when I started working in military, started understanding PTS, and we had spent all this time a couple years by this point, when I really started diving in and talking to spouses. And some of these spouses have been married twenty years. They were military wives. I'm thinking I'm a veteran wife. I just don't have the handbook, you know, like these military wives that have been in it for 20 years, they've all got the handbook, but I don't know these women. (laughs) Like, can you introduce me and um, so I can find out how they live with war at home? Because it absolutely is in your home. And uh, I started talking to them and they're like, what's secondary PTSD? I'm like, you've never heard of that? And they're like, no. Um, you know, did you know about X, Y, and Z or how it affects your kids or these and that? They were all shocked and like, no, I didn't know that. I've never heard of that. And I'm like, we have so much work to do. It, the problem's bigger than I thought. Um, the lack of awareness and education's bigger than I thought. So that's when we really got proactive going to different bases and posts around the country to do resiliency training. Let's get in there and talk to these families. Before they go to combat, Um, of course, we work with people who have gone on many, many, many rotations. Let's start talking about what could come down the road for you. Um, What can come down the road for your spouse? Spouses are great at recognizing something's different, something's off. Um, Behaviors change, Mm -hmm. patterns have changed. So to have your spouse involved is critical but also for the spouse to make sure that they are doing what they need to do for self-care too. And they're usually the very, very last. Um, And even we know so many spouses um, who are suffering and several that have committed suicide. So it's not just an issue with our veterans or active duty. When the war comes home, everyone in those four walls is affected.
1: Spouses, yeah. children, we deal with we deal with children's suicide Two this year Two this year. The father's are like, oh, that was my bullet, you know, and that's their thought process. That was meant for me. And my, my son took it and now they're distraught and, and back to drinking and back to more shame. The spouses, you know, um, stories and, I, you know, these stories kill me. And every time we talk to somebody, it's like, oh, I didn't know. So I want to share these stories, stories of argues, arguments that happen between, you know, married people about PTS or, you know, no matter how many times I've acted out because I have PTSD, you, you know, it becomes she's tired of it. She's tired right. of hearing it. So she fights back, right? You you fight back. It, no. Oh, poor, poor PTSD guy. I understand. You know, you poor thing. It's like, no, screw you. You know, you're sc- yelling at me for years and this and that. And then, you know, you've been claiming this, you've been claiming, oh, yeah. And then people shoot themselves and they fall on top of their spouses and their spouse have to push them off. And, and, the, and stories like that were stories of the children going and getting the pistol of the father who was going to kill themselves, and they didn't. They got past it, and the son, who spent years without a father and sees the struggle, and then the spouses that, that go through and do the same thing, it 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 kills me, you know? And then we talk to our friends about, hey, so-and-so was acting weird, so I thought I'd call you to call them.
0: Mm.
1: And I—you I, know how—okay— but you know how easy it is for you just to ask, how you doing? Right. How are you? Well, I say check on your strong friends, the ones you don't think are in, in trouble, those are the ones I hear from all the time. Drinking, you know, and I'm, I'm drinking. I want to stop drinking. OK, great. You know what? And then just own it. You know what? I'm just going to drink till I die. That's just what I meant to do. And I, and I can see it and, it and it kills me. It's like it's easier to accept your troubles than to deal with it
0: oh yeah to work on it because then it takes work you know and
1: it's sad because they give in to i'll always be this way or i'll always drink or my dad drank so i'm gonna drink or that i'm just on my path and i've been there it's just who i am right yeah and i Mm -hmm. i know what's next i know what's coming and it and it's terrifying when they're my friends and so i mean it's terrifying always but when you know them oh yeah and then people are afraid so they reach out to us to reach out to someone because they're afraid to say something and, or they
0: just don't know. Like, or they people don't are know like, what do how do I to? do or how, what do I say? And
1: it's so easy to just say, hey, you know, how are you doing? And man, and then talk about some problems that you have.
0: Uh, yeah, that's okay. yeah, I know, the more I we can
2: share. Right. The more vulnerable we can be. Usually yes. somebody else is dealing with that.
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: first yeah. on the dance floor, showing people that it's OK. And then they come out and join and start dancing. That's right. And, it's sad that it takes a little bit. And it, that's the part that scares me over and over again, that don't it's so think, easy.
2: Don't you think too, that I would assume maybe again, I'm wrong here, but you've, you said you've been out since, uh, what third 2010,
1: oh, 2010, December 10 for me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So 11 years now, almost, uh, so 10 years. And you've been working a lot on yourself, right? Through all this stuff. I'm, I'm sure there's therapists. There's the, uh, what was the, the brain, the brain the microwave thing you did kind of right i mean you've done a ton of work right
1: and but it's never just gonna go away is it you know um no but lesson it'll lesson and i'm happy i'm happier than i've ever been my friends dog me out about it you know people who haven't talked to me in 10 years they remember grumpy old tom right um and I remember grumpy old friends of mine that I don't talk to. And, I, and speaking to an old friend today about another friend they're worried about it's one of those things like, you know, I wasn't friends with him 10 years, 20 years ago. I'm like, man, it's been a long time. You know, it's just yeah. weird. We hold on to those memories of, oh, it was just yesterday, but it was 10 years ago and, and so much has changed. It's It's just, it breaks my heart that people live that much in the past and accept it. You know, I talk about the difficulties of admitting that you're getting help and it's weird because no matter what i've learned in my life that's considered help to me right you had to help me learn it you taught me a teachers teachers help who they're teaching learn you know so it's all help and it just kills me that it takes this long for people to learn something that oh i've been taught this and and i rub dirt on it and i'm a man and i can't ask for help and i don't cry in the movies But man, look at the differences of the world today. You know, all the new people are growing up. Their emotions are everywhere. I don't even know what they are anymore. And it's like, no, no, you know what? You can have it all. You you have to work at all of it, but you can't have it all. And those who give up on, say, the fact that they need help and it's embarrassing and it's shameful. And I talk about Alcoholics or Alcoholics Anonymous. I go, let's just bring up one thing that's been around forever. A.A., you can drink booze and get on a bar and dance naked. And that's funny. That's cool. That's okay, right? That's, that's acceptable behavior when you're drunk. But when you're getting help, you make it anonymous because you're embarrassed that you're getting help to stop drinking. But it's okay mm-hmm. to drink it on the bar and act foolish and drive and things like that. I go Now, that's an extreme. But if you consider that, you've been taught that being weak or that's weak, and that's, that's, that's not what men do. That's not what people do. You hide that. You don't get help but you wouldn't learn anything without reaching out to somebody who can help you. <laughs> so we, we've changed all the verbiage. We've changed what we call things. It's not therapy. It's retraining your brain. It's we're breaking the muscle memory of combat, whatever it, it is that will sink in on the people we're talking to, because you have to understand where they're coming from, who taught them along the way, because that those are their beliefs. And then work within that, you know, cause you can't motivate people. They have to motivate themselves. You can only work within their belief system and kind of get them going in that direction.
2: No, you're right. And I think it's, I've had a a business coach for years, you know, off and on, but for gosh, 15 years. And is that, is that therapy? Is that help? Is that weak? It's no, it's, I want to be better every day. Right. We want to serve our clients. We want to serve our community. We want to be better husbands, better spouses, better, you know, dads and moms and whatever. And, and I think, you know, you look at the best golfers in the world. I'm a golfer, right? So they all have golf coaches.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Dustin Johnson, number one golfer in the world has a golf coach. Michael Phelps, the best swimmer in the world at the time, right? Had coaches. Absolutely. But yeah, you're right. You know, Lots so what What do you find, Jen? How are you helping people, whether it's the warrior or, or the person at home to get past that and, and also talk to people that aren't necessarily military, right? That may be yeah. watching this now or later that says, Hey, I need help, or I just, I just and I'm not even at a post traumatic stress level, but I just need help, yeah. man. I'm having I'm having a bad day, a bad day, a bad week, a bad month, bad whatever.
1: That's what I don't want people to ever say before I'm sorry, before you start, is that oh, this is not just a military thing. This is not yeah. just a, a law enforcement or first responder thing. Everyone has stress on their job. Everyone wants to have a better relationship at home or with other people. And that's what we that's what we do, right? And that's all we do.
0: Yeah, I mean, even with COVID You know, there's all different types of people that have shown up with different types of stress and trauma. Um, But, you know, PTS can come from a singular incident. So like a really, really bad car accident or something that's singular. Um, To get over something like that um, and to heal from it is a much shorter time period. It could be anywhere from six weeks to a year. Um, It doesn't mean that things won't still trigger you, but you can heal from it. When you have complex PTS with like law enforcement and they are they're they're seeing bad stuff every single day, or and our veterans who see stuff all the time, that's called complex PTS. And so I really want to make a distinction between that.
1: It's Tom good. has had
0: twenty years of trauma, which is going to take a long time to. Yeah, that didn't sort take out. six weeks. Yeah, it's not going to take six weeks.
1: Another twenty. Some years. people yeah.
0: who might have um, seen something really bad, or even be affected by. I've been, I've I've literally coached people who have been watching the news since last March that are having anxiety, depression, needing medication. And I'm like, you have got to turn off the news, please. You have got to disconnect from whatever is causing this kind of stress. Our brains aren't meant to handle this for as long um, as we've all been handling this. So it is showing up. PTS is, it's kind of the hot topic right now because people thought of it before as the veteran under the bridge or the guy who's going to shoot up the post office. That's not true, and that's not what it is. So, you know, we help spouses. There have been medical people, nurses that we've helped, law enforcement, veterans, um, kids, sexual trauma, people who have been raped, or, you know, the, the list is long, childhood abuse. And so really, this is one of those things that a lot of people get all different kinds of time periods, all different kinds of healing measures. And so I never attack it like, here's your one, you know, one-stop shop, all secure foundation. We're going to give you the magic pill. You're going to be fine. Let's assess where you're at because PTS might include substance abuse or addiction. It often does. Not always. But do we need to deal with how much you're drinking before we can get to transcendental meditation or TMS or some other form of therapy. Yeah. Yeah. You got to bite it. You got to take little bite-sized chunks. Yeah, Every person's different.
2: What are are the two or three things that you see yourselves doing or just other, you know, highly successful people that have come out of this? And again, if it's again, COVID or military whatever it may be, but just, and even just somebody that may not be dealing with a bunch of stress, but they just, they want to be better, right? They want optimal life. What are the, what are the positive side of things that you're seeing that uh we need to be doing every day
0: i love that you said positive because that's like right number one mindset
1: right there is it's during covid right you could put your head down and watch tv get your check and then in a year year and a half who wouldn't whenever this is over you're going to come out and go back to work right yep that's it yep or you can get your head down and get to work right this is the time what would you say this is the time rockefellers are made right when things are down Get busy. So we we got busy. Um, I mean, the good things are the people that took this time to work on themselves. Yeah. There was tons of family time this year, right? I was joking. You know, we're stuck at home, right? I'm like, oh, stuck at home. Okay. Language. We're blessed to be at home, right? Absolutely. And I was saying this uh, you know, on, on, on podcasts. We're stuck at home. It's COVID. I thought, you know what? No, we're not stuck at home. We're lucky enough to be able to be at home more frequently than we've been used to, to spend more time with our family. And it feels stuck because you're used to going away, but How was your life, right? How was your life when you were going to work 12 hours a day and coming home at eight o'clock at night and kissing the kids on top of the head and they're asleep already and you're gone by four in the morning? And you're like, I love my family. I see them, you know, 48 weekends a year, maybe, or less, you know, but not during the weeks. It's been a big change. And what you did with that change, like everything else in the world, matters. matters. It's like fear. Everyone has fear like oh yeah I can't believe you're never afraid Tom you're a warrior I'm like man I'm terrified every time I did something scary Yeah It's what you do with the fear that we all have that that defines you it's what you do with that that doubt and that curiosity you know and, and or that judgment that people have you know so I've learned a lot of things about um replacing judgment with curiosity You know judgment comes from a place of I hate America. I hate every place but Missouri because I've never been anywhere but here. So I'm judging the world. Right. The more traveled you are, the more you've seen, the more you've experienced, the less you judge and the more curious you are. Oh, things are different or they're almost the same. And I thought they were so different. But understanding. Right. Getting to know people and having that conversation. That's when you realize that, oh, I don't know everything. Right. So I'm more curious than judgmental. And. Those people have been uh, more curious this year. have have expanded and grown.
0: And I would say positivity too, because yeah. really the neurons and the connections—you know all about this. You can, if you choose a negative path, or something maybe has put you in a negative path, your brain starts to rewire, and it starts to notice that pattern, and therefore subconsciously you're not sitting around going, "I'm going to take a negative approach to life." But that's what happens. Yeah. And so when Tom really everything when I met him. It was hypercritical. Everything was negative. And I was like, of course, you're going to see the worst in humanity. Of course, you're going to see the worst in the world and people because it's all you're looking for. As Soon as you start looking at the positive and the good, then you're going to see that. And so Really, and that takes time. People are like, "Well, I tried it for a day, and then something crappy happened, and so now I'm." <laughs> yeah,
2: back. but when you're looking over your shoulder for somebody to kill you for twenty years, you know, yeah. you, you kind of lack trust in people, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And,
1: you know? and that's where the the curiosity comes in because yeah. it's easy to judge. Say, law enforcement. Yeah, they're grumpy. They hate people. They just they're they're very private. Of course, they are. You know, and and I get for law enforcement calls all the time. I'm not like you, and I didn't go to combat. Like you gotta go stop. Consider this. Consider this. We always put other people on a pedestal. We always put ourselves down. But consider this. You live in your combat zone. I got to come home. Your enemy is your family, is the people that you live within. My enemy was over there. Yep. So, yeah, it was hard and difficult, blah, blah, blah. But I got to come home and be at home. That's a good point. Your combat zone is here. You live in it. You probably sit with your back to corner with your family at restaurants in case somebody you arrested comes in. Your enemy is everyone. That is the definition of, of PTS and stress. I don't know why law enforcement is so hard to reach. It's because they don't understand what they're going through. They haven't stopped to consider it. And when we tell them, they're like, oh, well, yeah, you see the scum of the earth daily. You'll be jaded. Yep. You You see your own people doing horrible things to their own families. You'll be jaded. You'll start to think everyone does that we all do and it's a, it's a survival mechanism that we use to get out of that when you do it for 20 years for me i'm home for law enforcement they're still in their combat zone right unless yep. they move to another town because their combat zone is here yeah you're right so they have a lot to consider and and they don't consider so that self-awareness really helps people with where does your anger come from where does your shame your hate your judgment come from and when you stop long enough to consider that and start to think of why am i the way i am then you start to really learn a lot about yourself
2: so what do you what are you most excited about when you think about the world opening back up and and maybe you can go out and shake hands and give a hug and not wear a mask what, what, are, what are you two most excited about right now all of that <laughs> <laughs> not wearing a mask giving a hug I and going nice. i had lunch today in a restaurant, you know, here in Illinois, I haven't eaten in a restaurant. It seems like in three months, uh, it was weird. We're like, what is this? Somebody's coming to wait on us and they're taking <laughs> our dirty plates away. And
1: this is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, the, and even,
1: even that, we talk about that change will be weird. It's been yeah. a year. So that going back to normal. Even
0: Claudia said it today. That
1: will be weird for people. Yeah. My
0: daughter's 14 and she said, I said, um, she goes, Mom, I think we're going to wear masks for the rest of the year. And she's in eighth grade. And I said, yeah, probably. I don't know. But it seems like that's likely. And she goes, I want to wear it. And I said, what? And she goes, I've been wearing it since seventh grade. She goes, I think it'd be weird to go to school without it. Uh, I'm like,
1: what? Maybe wear two masks. Yeah, no, you're right.
0: (laughs) So I I don't know. I mean, I think the world is shifting and changing and we're going to have to adjust, you know, coming back into it. But I'm a hugger. I love people. I'm like the... Introvert, extrovert. Like I love my me time, but when I'm with people, I'm like, hi, yay, yay, yay. And <laughs> I'm still going up to people. I saw Mark Bullock the other day, um, who used to work in your yep. building, and I'm like, Ha wait,
1: oh, what do we, we can't do that anymore. I know. We're in a restaurant. It's
0: what like, do we do? Uh, um We need to
2: go see Mark and get some of his wine. Yes, we Ruse did Chris. for his
0: birthday. And yeah. so I I can't wait for that interpersonal connection again. I like to pe- see people smile in their faces. I yeah. feel like I used to be the girl at Target that like smile at people when you would go by. And I'm like, nobody looks at each other anymore. Nobody, you know, is, it's is that, reacting it's the syndrome. and acting. It's that so. syndrome
1: of p- when we just put on protective masks in the military, right? Put on your pro mask, it're going to be gas. Okay. As soon as you do, everything goes right here. And you just, your head goes down. You literally have to force yourself to look to get the awareness and you have to talk and it's so hard to talk and people are like, what, what, what? And you're like, I'm just not going to talk. After a year of that, people people just walk by each other. So it's it's another change. For those who are young enough that this is now new and normal, it's no longer weird to them, like Claudia. No. The others who fought it the whole time, I'm never wearing a mask, you know, ah, it's fake. And then to those who wore three masks, you know, it's a fear of the thing that's driving and the unknown. It's yeah, all going to be changes for everyone else. It'll be changes, and change is what people are afraid of, right? It's what terrifies people.
2: Yeah, and so talk about that for a second. When you say change is what people are afraid of, how do you embrace change?
1: Not very well. Um, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I'm you know, the girl I,
0: that, like, he's like, you love change too much. I'm like, you don't love it enough, so maybe I, I we did. need to come in the middle. Yeah.
1: We took a lot of uh, evaluations on change because our environment was ever changing, always changing. You see, your world changed.
2: Like, you know, that the, I don't know if we can talk about it or not, but the, the big mission, the big, the, you're on a lot of big missions, but the big, big one, what yeah. I think is the big, big that. one. Maybe there's what's that, that on one. Yes. Uh, did you say Saddam? Yep. Okay. I was like, I don't know. I pause. I don't know. I'm like, what can we say or not say? <laughs> uh, yeah. So like Saddam Hussein, for example, so that, that mission changes a lot. I would assume over how many years did you chase him?
1: By a year, year and a half, really. I mean, when the war started and they just went to hiding. So I we got to look through that 2003. What's that?
2: So walk uh, kind of walk through that. So you, so, and I, I want I'm curious, Jen, I know obviously you weren't there riding shotgun with them, but, I'm sure you've heard some stories, so so chime in as well, and then also talk about how that plays in, in that post-traumatic stress.
1: You know, that whole, uh, we called it chasing Elvis. I mean, honestly, every night was something. Hey, here's a, here's a Saddam hit. Here's a Saddam hit. He, Saddam's here. Saddam's with this family. He's in this town. Or somebody that knows where he is is here. So it was always something, you know? And then, oh, other than Saddam, you got the deck of cards. Oh, other than him, you got the blacklist. Oh, other than them, you got the other people that just pop up. The foreign fighters that came in, so okay. you got this book, this stack of of target possible. So
2: Osama bin Laden was he even on the on the list at that time? Like was he
1: even scary? Not for us. I mean, I think that he was over. Nobody knew where he was at the time, um, unless my timing's all off. I mean, he wasn't. We didn't think in our part of the world, so he wasn't on our list. It was. I think there was another group focused on where he might have been. Yep. My group is focused on. You know, all the uh, Iraqi leaders and all the foreign fighters that would come in and the influencers, the Iranians and things like that. So there's so much more going on that you try to affect that people don't know about um, that can shape that battlefield, that can change the way the world views the war. Right. So you have people trying to play politics with the soldiers and you get soldiers trying to do things to allow politics to happen. Right. You know, you got to have that big story to post that pushes people to do different things. But chasing him all the time and then chasing other people was just it just got to be another who's next who's next okay hey here's a saddam head. you are like whatever you roll up like whatever it was like one of those it's just another guy who cares i don't care what their names were i cared about my guys going in and not getting hurt and doing their job right so it didn't matter who we were going for the night we you know that we got the guy that led to his capture the next night was uneventful Rolled him up, plastic AK-47 under a mattress, two houses down kind of thing. Not even the house we hit. I just happened to see him walking down, sent a team down, and brought him back. Didn't know who he was. Hours later, I'm getting woken up, you know, about 10 in the morning probably. Hey, hey, wake up, man. We we got a Saddam here. I go, again? You know, again? No, the guy you caught, I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. They all know where Saddam's at, right? So it started looking better and better and better. Um, we rolled up to the crit, got another—, another uh, troop involved in the hit. And then they, you know, two targets, they, they picked it cause that was their area and they picked the one that actually had Saddam on it. We got handed the one that had his cook and some other family, you know, people that helped him out on it in, a, in the town right next to it. And, and to me, the hit went down like every other hit, you know, no big deal. And, um, you know, I'm on there, I, this old guy's like, I know where Saddam's at. I know where he's at. I cook for him. You know and I'm like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to strap you to the front of this vehicle. I'm going to tie you there and you're going to point. And I'm going to drive there. and We're going to get him. And I'm on the radio going, "Hey, hey, I know where he's at. We're gonna leave him. We'll take all my guys. We're gonna like, nope, return to base." I'm like, "Negative. I, you know, negative. And no, negative return to base." So I'm arguing with my boss. Finally, go back, and he's like, "Hey, come here. i we'll gonna show you something." We go in the room, and there he is sitting there. I'm like, "Man, you know, why didn't you just tell me on the radio?" <laughs> right. Radio silence. That was the whole plan. And then, um, and then the next day, right? Here's another hit. Here's another name. Jeez. And uh, you back get back to doing business. Yeah, you get those 30 minute elation periods of woohoo, and that's the parade, and you're the hero. And then, hey, here's another hit. And you're like, oh, uh, all right, back to work. You know, yep. back to work. And then it doesn't really change much for us, right? Capture of a world leader doesn't change anything for us. And I don't think it changed anything at the time other than, yay, America won. Yay, he's caught. Now we no longer have to fear that he could come back. But now who's in charge? And oh, by the way, all yeah. of his supporters are mad. So, you just you just created another thousand, hundred thousand people that don't like you even more now. So they're okay. Yeah. Let's go get at them. So it never really ends. Yeah, it's crazy.
2: So Jen, let's go back to the book, Arsenal of Hope. Uh, what what's your number one goal? You hope if somebody reads that today. What's the number one goal you hope they get from that?
0: Um, really hope, and that's where the title came from. And and we had a couple different titles, and at the end of the day. I asked myself what what would I want the reader whether it's a warrior, a spouse, someone who has been through trauma, at the end of the day, what do I want? Just to understand there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's a way out of it because when you're in it, it doesn't feel that way. It feels very heavy, it feels very big, it feels insurmountable because there's not a whole lot of information. There's a lot of misinformation. You feel crazy, you feel isolated, you feel yeah. all of these things. I want to normalize it essentially and say, hey, when something bad happens, this is the biological response that happens. Now we just have to retrain your brain to step you back out of it. It's possible. Here's tips. Here's definitions. Here's our story. There's other military member stories, other family members, other warrior stories. I hope that it can create a dialogue. I hope it can create this stigma of asking for help as weakness, let's get rid of that because it's crazy. Like you said, every golf coach has an entire I mean, every yeah. golfer has a team, yeah. not even just a coach. But yeah. I mean, when I really saw these pro athletes and how many people it's like, that's the guy that warms him up, that's his other trainer, that's yeah. his hitting that's you his know, chef,
2: and, that's his. Yes, yeah. And
0: it's so deep and it goes to so many different levels that I'm like, of course, we all need support. We all need to retrain ourselves. At some point in our life, it's no big deal. And and that's what I hope. I really hope it can normalize it to some degree, provide hope that I can get through it. And um, really, it's not insurmountable. You can take little baby steps to get there and um, you could get to the other side of it. He's, he's proof. After 20 years of war, um, a suicide attempt nearly, Addiction issues, 16 different pills from the VA, three different wives. I mean, really stack it up.
1: Starting to think it's me. This guy. <laughs> Is there but a common denominator? Here? Maybe it was me. Right.
0: But he could do it. Uh, but
1: that's that's funny. But honestly, that's the truth, right? That's,
2: oh, absolutely.
1: Maybe it was me. It took me that long to realize it was me because I never was looking at me. Yeah, what do they perfect. say when you
2: point your finger, there's three more pointing back at you? Yeah, That's right. yes, and it's like exactly. you may want to pay attention to that.
1: I want to put mirrors up here. I saw a little grade school thing today. A bunch of mirrors on the wall, and it says, Who's responsible for your happiness, your laziness, you know, your bad days, your good days? And there's mirrors above all these. Ooh. And these kids <laughs> walk by and look at it. Yeah, you are. You are. You're responsible. That's strong. So the day you die, strong. you're responsible for everything that happens to you, right? Inside how you feel about everything that happens to you.
0: Yeah. That's
1: I true. expect to see how mirrors and those words on that wall back there next time. <laughs> I, I was thinking about it. That's a weekend no, project right for now. you, Tom. <laughs> or just pictures of me. Cause I'm, that's I'm right. Responsible. Pictures of me, how great I am. <laughs> his fault. Well, uh, where do our
2: listeners find more of the arsenal of hope? Where can we
0: go? Uh So if you buy the book um, on our, on the all secure site, his book is there as well. We sign them. We send them, and a hundred percent goes back to the foundation. It's also mm. at Barnes and Noble, Amazon, favorite independent bookstores that I love. Um, so big guys, small guys, and then us guys.
2: And the big guys were the ones that was it Simon and Schuster, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, that's a big time publisher.
0: They were really good to me. Not a lot and of people cool. do that
2: on their first book.
0: I know. I I had a uh, and you know my my co writer Holly Lawrence she. She became a friend very quickly. We laughed so hard. I would get off the phone and I'm like, oh, my cheeks hurt. And thank God for her because there were days where I'm like, Holly. And she goes, I know. I just read the chapter you sent over. This is really vulnerable. This is really um, heartbreaking. Like, let's just take a day with it, you know. And so she was really compassionate with the material. Um, I would give her, you know, 10 chapters worth of stuff. She would combine it into one. I'm like you're uh, magical we're, not, we're going
1: the wrong way we need more <laughs> wait a second
0: you're magical so <laughs> she she really was phenomenal um, partner and yeah I mean uh, my agent was his agent and he said they're looking for a special operation like females in that world and and I, I'm hearing from all these big publishers are looking for a story I'm like that's not me I didn't serve in special operations and you know he's like close enough and I'm like Ugh. don't ever mix that you know right like, I didn't do this. I um, I was a contractor. Stolen
1: but valor. I knew it.
0: Yeah, well, know you the know. Time. I put but on your jacket. I read this Saturday. book.
1: I read this probably. I mean, I read it to obviously help her out and to make sure she didn't write bad things about me. But <laughs> it's all bad about me. But <laughs> So that didn't work out. I probably read it seven times. I cried every time. Um, I learned something wow. every time. It's not just for spouses. It's honestly... And I, and I I, had I, I joke and I say, you know, you study the enemy before you go on hits, right? You won't study your own spouse and understand what, what, what makes her tick and what works and what doesn't work, right? We study everything that matters, but our relationships, we just fall into. They're just there. They'll always be there, right? And so then we true, wonder, why, yeah. why, did, why did he cheat? Why did she cheat? Why are they divorcing? Well, did you flirt? Did you date? Did you pay attention to each other? because if somebody does that that's where attention is and we all need that attention we need that love. Yeah. And I think this book really brings out the fact that that togetherness, that family, that that hope, that love is what saves us, you know? Yeah. It's it's what always saves us. And I this book is for the pipe hitting commandos that are the strongest in the world. I'm telling me, I tell <laughs> me, we've helped them and they, you know like I don't know, I'll talk to your therapist. I'll I'll go ahead and do right. that. I Yes, and then forty-five minutes. Just an hour don't later, tell anybody. Yeah, yeah, they call me back. I don't know what's wrong with her, but I was crying for an hour. You know, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll call her. I got another appointment next week. I'm like, good. Yeah, she's pretty cool. Later, and they hang up.
2: Yeah, I you know, go chew
1: nails. Yeah, these guys are. I'm gonna have to go eat a chainsaw now, but I'll be yeah, back. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but they love it and they need it, right? So I don't care who you are. You know, call me, text me, email me, tell me how tough you are and how you don't need this, right? Yeah, I'll prove you wrong every time. I love it. I love it. Well,
2: you guys are doing amazing work. I mean, for, uh, just so cool to watch what you've done over the last three or four years and how it's like, yeah, I guess I'll come on this guy. I don't know his podcast four years ago. And, and, uh, and now here we are, we've got a great friendship and you guys are amazing and you're helping so many people. And, uh, one of these days you probably won't even take my call. You're just going to be like, who's that you're guy? Right. And you're just, you're just, you're doing big, big things. There's movies, there's books, there's all sorts of stuff. So love you guys. Yeah. And it's been awesome having you. Where, what's your, uh, where are we find you on Instagram or where's your go-to social media platform?
0: Facebook, Instagram, we're um, all secure foundation on both.
2: Okay. Yeah. You can yeah. Find them on there we'll put it down the show notes as well. So, well, thanks for joining me. I know we were supposed to be on YouTube, but we went to Facebook. We, yeah, we adapted, right? We, it's like, we've all had to pivot.
1: If you can't keep up with us, we're sorry. That's right. Now I'm going
2: to, now I'm going to see if I can end a Facebook live. Let's see what happens here. Hang on.